Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again, joined by Father Larry Swing. Oh, hey, Bill. And Father Scott Woods. Hey, Bill. Today we're going to discuss the, uh, the apostolic letter, uh, Traditionis Custodis. Um, we're going to talk about what, it's, what it says, what it doesn't say, and uh, the potential impacts uh, for uh, pre-celebrating the uh, Latin Mass here in the Archdiocese of Washington. Uh, Father Larry? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Bill. And, you know, I, uh, Father Scott and I, um, you know, have been gotten a lot of people. We uh, actually have been participating in the Latin Mass. I, well, Father Scott, more than I have, you know, for maybe a couple years and for about a year. And a year ago, um, the Holy Father uh, came out with this document um, and uh, basically, uh, in this particular document that came out in Our Lady Mount Carmel, is that trying to pull back or put restrictions on the celebration of the traditional Latin Mass. Uh, and it's there's a lot of a lot of reactions to this letter. I think some a lot of priests are concerned, especially those that maybe their parishes have um, a lot of people that go to this particular. Uh, mass and uh, people that have fallen in love with this liturgy. And I thought it would be good to have a conversation to look at what the document said, um, what are some of the implications that could happen, and maybe, uh, not that me and Father Scott would have solutions, but maybe some ways that, you know, could help people if the Latin Mass was not necessarily readily available as uh, to their home as they would want it to be. So um, I think the first thing is this, is why... The question is, why did Pope Francis say Traditius Custodis was necessary? And why on his did he think that uh, the uh, Latin Mass should be restricted? And um, in the letter itself, the Holy Father says he acted, quote, in defense of the unity of the body of the Christ and, uh, and on the grounds that there was, quote, unquote, a distorted use of of the ability for priests to say the mass according to the 1962 missile. Um, and I, I, I guess maybe he might be talking in other countries that could be the, but have you ever, Father Scott, do you feel like the Latin mass is divisive and is destroying the division in the church or is it bringing unity from an American perspective? You know, cause sometimes we have to put things in perspective. Yeah, my, I mean, my, I can only speak from my own experience that of a number of my brother priests who found that it, it really brought people to a much deeper appreciation and love of, of the Eucharist um, in, the, in that they um, really had to, you know, intellectually it required a lot because they had to actually um, get to know the, the uh, missile that they used and, uh, and actually had to um, read the prayers and the, and the beauty of the prayers that were, of course, formed over centuries and centuries that it led them to a, a much uh, greater desire uh, to to enter even more deeply in. Uh, for many priests, especially young priests like my, well, I'm not that young anymore, but <laughs> us middle-aged priests and the younger ones have found that it, it really... Good Father did. Jack wasn't here when you said that. <laughs> That's still true. He would have yeah. got on me. Yeah, um, <laughs> But uh, it really it really led them, or I can speak for myself, it led me to uh, an even deeper... Uh, a way of praying the mass, not just the the traditional Latin mass, but then uh, many of it influenced the way in which I prayed the Novus Ordo mass in a very positive way, and 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 and, and re, uh, rekindled and and uh, a, 
a recognition that I had to make sure that I'm really praying the mass. I mean, I was always praying the mass, but but just how attention to detail, attention to right. to the details, because it, over time um, it, there could be a danger, and and the, and the danger can be there for even priests. I mean, we know there were many the reasons why uh, things happened the way they did. Even there was there were many abuses even in the old days. There were priests who. Who was uh, Father Grosch Benedict Groschel once said he said most priests didn't really so much it wasn't so much praying the mass as racing through the mass, and we know in Washington right. especially there was a very low mass culture which was not the intention of Trent which had really wanted more more of the mass to be high masses and to be celebrated in a certain way so so that that tendency but I think the, those re those discovering for the first time very much like when I went through RCA as a kid as a young person uh, we often have an even greater appreciation for not only what it is but what it was meant to be. And I think that right. really shaped many young priests and who experienced it as seminarians and, and even before, as well as priests like myself who only really came to know it at a deeper level when a number of young people in my parish were like, look, we really desire to experience this, to experience, desire to pray uh, this mass in this way. Right. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I, I think that, um, you know, for myself, it was very difficult for me to learn it in the first place. And Right when I started to be proficient, the letter came out. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and, uh, I, but, but, I mean, nothing's been done right now. I'm still celebrating it twice a week sometimes. And um, But I agree with you. I think in some ways, for my own per- personal spirituality, um, it's helped me to kind of understand and to celebrate the Novus Order better. Um, I feel that um, it's much harder to... I mean, the, the the traditional Latin Mass is so structured; it's it's very hard to do it irreverently. I think I think the only problem is since there's so many facets to it, you can get so caught up in the rubrics that you know you could get uh, caught up on that. But uh, I mean, it's for anyone who, who who goes to it and grows into loving it, it really becomes very prayerful. And uh, so it's I don't great, know. I mean, I guess great. I yeah. Go ahead. Um, but I, I guess I guess the question is, where do we see these these widening gaps of divergences and disagreements that injure the church. I don't know. Um, well, let's go to another point. Well, well before, you, before thing, but just before going yeah. there, I mean, I think, I think they're, you know, just like with any, any, I've met people who have really discovered particular um, forms of, of devotion and other things. And this is not the same level by any means of the mass, but, but that, that it had such a powerful impact on them that, for them, it became the most important, and and sometimes right. they would even denigrate the others uh, in comparison. And, and certainly, right. there, there has been some of that too. And I, I mean, so I think there is a context by which um, there has been real concern at times with certain people, and sometimes even priests that that uh, aren't aren't satisfied just to say, "Hey, this is so beautiful and so powerful and has so many graces," but they've even sadly gone and and now let me compare it to the Novus Ordo and just trash the Novus Ordo, and I think that's well, that's been some of the or reaction. even taking it a step further, saying it's invalid. Correct, correct. And these are the more extreme right, views, sure. but but they're definitely out there, and I yeah. think that's what's contributed sadly uh, to at times disunity and, 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 and problems. Well, I I would like to know like where that came from, because I mean, it seems like there, that was the concern of the Holy father. And I, uh, because he says this in the document that bishops must determine that existing traditional Latin mass groups in their diocese do not deny the venality of the second Vatican council and the teachings of the Catholic church. Um, and, and I think, I guess the, what would be presumed there or assumed through that statement is that there are people that actually do believe that 
the traditional Latin mass, like the Novus Ordo is not a valid mass. And I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's one of the problems is that sometimes people can take something that's beautiful and then go to extremes whereby they, they um, sort of say that everything else is not, is not, you know, worthy. And, uh, and I don't, have you, have you experienced that? And do you think that's, an American problem. I mean, well, have you I have seen to say, that? I haven't experienced some. I mean, I've read about people, and certainly on YouTube, you will find plenty of people who will be happy right. to say that. But more so, I found people who just want to, who just emphasize that they, they feel there's such a deficiency on the part of the Novus Ordo that it's that it's irreconcilable, irredeemable, and and there and and that therefore um, everything should be just. Uh, the traditional Latin mass, and we should that the Novus Ordo should be, as it were, scrapped. Um, and, and definitely, there there's a group of people, a sizable group of people, I think, who in the traditional Latin mass community who have at times tended that way, or or even very loudly um, uh, said that outright. And right, and uh, and that's why when I, when when I was working with the young people and young adults who asked me to start one here, one of the things I really want to emphasize to them is, you know, is like, let's not say, not go to comparisons. Instead, let's go, and how can this help you with, how can you grow? How can, how can right. you allow the Lord, which has, who, who has loved this, who has brought us this Mass, uh, really deepen your appreciation, not just in the traditional Latin Mass, but also in the Novus Ordo. Right. You know, as, a, as, a, as someone who, who very much appreciates the, the beauty of the Latin Mass, um, the, the defense sometimes, or, or the, the statement sometimes that the, the Novus Ordo lends itself to more abuses, it's kind of confusing to me because if you, if just like the, you know, you talked about how the, the rubrics of the, the Tridentine Mass are such that it kind of in some ways prohibits abuse. But if, if you, if you, you know, say the red and do the black like you're supposed to in the, in the Novus Ordo, there's not, I don't understand how, how, that argument of how it allows for more abuses. Well, I, I think what many are making reference to is there's just many more options. Um, everything is so prescribed in the traditional Latin mass that there's, there's very little room outside of rushing through or something uh, to, to add one's Or mangling cell. the Latin or Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what happened after the council was, uh, sadly, many priests, often poorly trained, um, really took a lot of liberties. And you see that even today in, in certain places. Um, and and that that's where they felt it 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 lended itself in that way, but I think as you see, especially many of the younger clergy coming forward, and and even some of our senior brothers rediscovering in a more beautiful way that that they really are aiming to follow more than not only the rubrics but recognizing the council um, did provide for for a lot of beauty in the in the Novus Ordo. It can be prayed in Latin. It can be prayed Orientum. It you know so many of these things can be there. Right. The other thing that, uh, well, we're, it's not that the, that the Pope is banning it, and that's, that's for sure. He's not banning it, but he's really restricting it. But I think in some ways, I mean, if you're a bishop, it's very hard. I can see if you're in that position, it's very difficult to say, well, okay, we'll just let this be. Because if you look at the document, it's very precise. And it, essentially, the way it works, it, has, it cannot be in a parish uh, and if a priest has already celebrated a Novus Ordo Mass that day, he can't celebrate the traditional Latin Mass. So, in all intents and purposes, I don't think any parish priest would ever be able to celebrate again under those circumstances. 
However, the the mass would be moved to sort of a, a relegated place. It would be like a chapel or a non-parish chapel, uh, and they would assign, I guess, a priest to celebrate solely the Latin mass in the in that particular church, right? So, um, so I guess I guess that's one of the, the big questions, you know, is you know why is it that I mean for us priests I think it's uh, you know in 2007 I remember when some more uh, uh, pontificum came out it was like undoing that restriction and basically the argument was that priests really should be able to celebrate this for their spirituality because it would help us uh, to appreciate the mass you know and, and also be in touch with the tradition of the church you know um, so. Yeah, Pope Benedict, Ashley, clear, Pope Benedict clearly uh, made clearly stated um, that he wanted uh, the priests and that, that there be a, a, a both would would help to affect the other. That the the way the priest prayed the the traditional Latin Mass would affect the way in which he prayed the Novus Ordo, and I and I definitely saw that happen within my my own way of celebrating. And many other priests mentioned the same thing. Um, Likewise, yeah. Yeah. So he wanted both to have a, a certain effect upon the other in a positive way and in a good way. So here's here's the thing. Like, if you think about it logically, right, doesn't that create, like, almost a little bit of a cultic situation where you have, oh, there's the Latin mass crowd in their little, little spot. So it almost creates a division where these guys are Latin mass. We're going to put them in a little spot. So it almost lends itself to more division, when there's less options, you know, in other words, if you look at something kind of normal where you can go and it's like, okay, I mean, cause a lot of people say, I like it, but I prefer the Novus Ordo. They'll just go every once in a while and it doesn't create that tension, you know? So I'm, I'm just kind of trying to figure out how does that, how does that create unity? Don't you think maybe in some ways it could create disunity or maybe just make the people that worship in that way just seem like a, like a, like they should be on their own little island. I, I, I think know. I see what you're saying. So you're, you're saying you're, that your concern is that by it being at a, a chapel rather than right. a parish church where there's a, you know, there's the, there's the, you know, the, the kind of plethora of different right. uh, uh, things that, that now, now you really are on your own and only in this community, only this one mass um, right. separated from everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, Definitely see the danger, the danger in that, um, and and that's why perhaps maybe maybe the Holy Father in some ways saw that. Maybe that's why you know because the strange thing kind of happened or seemed strange to me that he then sometime not too long later you know met with or months later met with the, the heads of the fraternity of Saint Peter, and really right. and then and then made very clear that this was an aim towards them that they really could. Uh, really, their parishes they can celebrate half churches oh, okay. and celebrate yeah. and um, multiple masses and the sac seemingly, really all the sacraments they can still do and and that I wondered if maybe the Holy Father was uh, kind of kind of really wanting to be more the apostolate of these particular traditional Latin Rite communities um, rather than than uh, than that of the parish priest. So again, as the lay person in the room, the, the question does beg is, you know, there's a difference and I acknowledge that, but, but how is this different from many parishes who have different styles of worship on every Sunday to begin with, whether it be, so as someone who, with the exception of baptism, made all my sacraments in the seventies, 
growing up, there was a folk mass in my parish. Uh, you know, other places have gospel masks, masses, sorry. And as we know, there can be division in there as well. Um, so I don't understand. I, you know what I mean? It's almost. Oh, I, I agree. And I, and I think a certain amount, that's why a, a number of brother priests and lady have felt like they've been those who celebrate or, or have a, a, a real preference for the traditional Latin mass have been um, really misunderstood and mischaracterized uh, by sometimes the more extremes. And I, I example of the community that I had and, and when I was pastor down where Father Larry is now, um, it was at a, a parish that is a Afri- mostly African-American gospel mass parish. Um, and, and, you know, it seemed to me while I was there, you know, there, there's a certain cross pollinization people, even from the, who went to the gospel mass would at times come to the Latin mass, whether, um, and, and, and express there was, uh, there was a beauty there and things that sometimes the daily mass on the weekdays or weeknights that we had or things. And a number of the altar boys who served in the one came, it would help me if I needed help in the other one. Um, and so I think that that would go against, uh, that characterization, but I think, I think that at the same time, I think that it was a reaction to some places where it was the feeling was that um, no, this is this is the better one. And there are people, and of course, again with any community, you'll have people, but who kind of speak like, no, we're the real Catholics, and those who would go to a, a gospel mass or a mass with other types of music, or whatever, are somehow lesser than or not really getting right. it. Right. The other thing, too, Father Scott, is like, you know, looking at this, um, one concern I there's a couple of concerns, I because it's more of a pastoral thing. Right. I don't know if you would necessarily say it's theological, per se, because no doctrines being changed. I mean, there's no obviously the um, you know, I mean, this is still going to be permitted, but it's more of a pastoral application. Um, What I see, one of the reasons I got into the traditional Latin mass is that. I see this resurgence of young families and young, young teenagers like loving it. And it just mystifies me because I don't know if, I mean, maybe I don't know what I would have been like as a teenager, like, Oh, let me go to a Latin mass. But I, I, when you go out there, you see just a lot of teenagers, young people that are sort of drawn to uh, this liturgy. And I'm just wondering, is it going to be like, is it going to rock their faith against the church thinking like something that I love I mean, and make them question all kinds of things. You know what I mean? So oh, I guess definitely. That, and that, cons- yeah, it, I'm sorry to break in there, but I, I just I do think that's a real concern. And I think there are places where, and people for whom this this will rock their world, and and is uh, certainly um, one of the most you know, really really hard. And and and, I, and, I, and at the same time, I think there are others. I know others who've said, you know, well, yes, I would, I would, I love this, and I would want it to stay, and I wanted to be able to, to go every Sunday. Um, but they've said to me, I know that perhaps coming in our own diocese at some point soon is a, will be a, a real stronger restriction based off of the Holy Father's letter. And, and okay, right. well, I'll just go back to the parish I was at before and continue to love the Lord and go to daily mass right. and, and grow. Right. And I, right. I think those are, those are where you see, you know, Catholics who are like, okay, I, I'm not happy about this, but I'm, I'm not going to let it hinder me from, from right. still receiving the graces through the mass. Right. I'm no, sorry I, I, to, I to to lighten it real quickly. Does anybody else get a get a mental picture of ten year old Larry Swink sitting 
in a pew for a Latin mass. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to imagine this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, one thing I can oh. speak to that though, uh, Bill. Too hyper, too hyper, Bill. Too hyper. Bill. Yes. Too hyper. One, one of the things that really amazed me as uh, when I started offering it and uh, and learned it, and it took me two years because I really wanted to know I could pray it. And I started having these uh, evening, particularly two, two, three nights a week evening, uh, two or three nights a week uh, evening Latin masses. And, and a number of times parents told me they came because their kids begged them to come, kids that normally wow. won't sit through a Novus Ordo. And these kids, the rare times I would turn around if I did allow myself to occasionally look up because I usually tried not to so I could stay recollected, was just how intensely involved they were. And usually they didn't have missiles. It was the beauty of the movements and the beauty of, of just this quiet, the silence. They especially often love the, the low mass in particular because it was so meditative, it is so meditative, um, that a number of them said, I, I even prefer the low mass because I'm, I'm just able to so enter in. There was this real connectivity to the Holy Spirit and to the Trinity uh, that would happen. Um, and, and, uh, and, and it amazed me because sometimes there were even kids who were normally very hyperactive. And, I, and, and it was just so beautiful to see, experience. What, what? So, Bill, I would I would have been there after after Scott's <laughs> yeah. presentation. I went in the front pew. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I can I serve your mass, Father Scott? Please, my please, my, please, my please. parents wouldn't allow me to play with him. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there anything well, yeah. is there anything in this apostolic letter though that would prohibit a priest from privately saying in his own chapel the, in the in the uh, extraordinary I, form? I, I don't think we would be permitted to do so okay. uh, privately. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where uh, once I, once it's out there, those that were are given this designated place will be allowed to do so. Maybe some of us will be designated to help there, uh, but I think it would rather it would be sort of restricted to that particular place, is from my understanding. Because I also think it, um, yeah, I don't think you from reading it. I don't think necessarily we would be allowed to do it in private. Right now, the uh, uh, Bishop Gregory has allowed us, you know, just until he figures out how to, you know, go forward with what the Pope's done, has permitted us this year to do it with no restrictions. Right. Whatsoever. So that that was that was a question just for everyone's own knowledge. Currently in this di in this diocese, what is what is the? There are no restrictions okay. right now. I mean, if if uh, I mean, I don't think anyone could start up a Latin Mass at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but I, I don't think it, that it would, it yeah, would we, we've been very and, blessed compared to many other dioceses where, where right away, everything was just applied. We, uh, the Cardinal was so good and sending out a letter right away with the first, with the document, just saying, you know, I give permission to all the priests to continue, uh, to have all the rights. So really all the sacraments, uh, that have been allowed, um, and all the devotionals yeah. and things. So we've, we've been very blessed in, uh, by the, by the Cardinal here and, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're, there's that's one of the controversial thing you'll read on on the, the number of priests and even canonists who who argue that that no, you can't a priest could do it privately. I, my interpretation and just knowing the intentionality, I think of the Holy Father in this, I I don't believe so, and so I, I would not do so because I, I really as I as I read it, I, I think it would be disobedience. Father Larry, yeah. since since you well, or either one of you for that matter, but. Um, since you started um, celebrating mass in the in the uh, old form, um, have you also seen a an increase in people asking for sacraments to be done? Uh, 
not a huge old... amount, but okay. uh, I, but I have. I've done several uh, Latin baptisms. My sister's wedding was a traditional Latin mass. Um, I, in the last, it's really interesting. I mean, the last couple of years, I've just seen. I mean, before this came out, there was this huge sort of upsurge of of, and that's the only reason. I mean, that's one of the reasons I had Father Jack teach me the masses. There was an upsurge of requests for it, and according to the 2007 document by Pope Benedict, a priest has to be able to provide that for his parishioners. And so it's almost, it was almost like a necessity where you have a community that's asking for it. And when you have people asking for the traditional baptism, and I had one of my buddies from high school I played baseball with, and he was really not a big time Catholic growing up, but like, I guess he had this reversion and married a girl who went to a traditional Latin mass community. So he, that's all he did. And so he called me up and he's like, Hey man, can you do a Latin baptism? And I got through it, but I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, so sorry, man. I had to work on my Latin. But um, and then I just started practicing it because I realized I didn't want to have that situation where I couldn't provide well something that helps people's uh, worship and their desires, you know, sacramentally. Um, So it was it was one of those things where we had to provide it. And it was a service to the people of God. Right. That was the vision of the 2007 letter uh, from Pope Benedict. Yeah, let me say, though, that definitely something happened with COVID. Uh, COVID, there was a there was a, a groundswell, it seemed to me, uh, around that time. Uh, and once the mass was allowed back, the people interested, wanting to know more. I, I, I bought a number of books. There was a book put out by um, a bunch of homeschool moms, a couple of homeschool moms that was really, really good in explaining it. So good you could even use it as a kind of missile through most of the right. mass. And um and I did have a, a, a greater number of people, particularly young people, who just seemed to have heard about it or watched a YouTube thing on it, and they were like, I really desire this. And, and like, Father, that's what got me, because I was determined not to. I, I struggled with languages and had all sorts of excuses and the, the rubrics, but but it was it was really young adults and, and others. And, and then it was an upsurge, I, I would say, around the time of COVID, of people coming and attending. My numbers went up. And there are people from different parishes, and a number of them would come occasionally, and others would come regularly. But, but uh, it was nice because they, it, for the most part, I didn't hear anyone uh, putting down the Novus Ordo. It was just that, wow, this is so beautiful, mm-hmm. this is so powerful. A number of times, even people saying, I don't know why, <laughs> even I don't quite, but they, but they really loved it. So uh, maybe for, if you can say a little bit about, you know, for those familiar with American politics, uh, you know, when... Uh, you know, you have a divided, uh, you have a you know different party maybe in the White House that you do with control of the uh, either the Senate or the House. Um, you know, a new president comes in and does things by executive order, uh, and as we know, they kind of are easily tossed out when the next president comes in. Is yeah. that the same for an apostolic letter? So is this is this a this isn't is this a retort to Benedict's or is it more a clarification? Say more, uh, yeah. I would say, at least from what the letter says, he was reacting. He says, he says, this is, these are the reasons why Pope John Paul II at first allowed. These are the reasons why Pope Benedict, and now I have pastoral concerns about its implementation and the effects it's had on the church and the wider body of Christ. And that his concern is that it's, that it, as he sees it, as the Holy Father sees it, and maybe certain bishops as divisive and causing problems. And so this is why I'm implementing this. Certainly, another Holy Father can come along. This is not infallible. This is this is uh, it, it yeah. immediately reversed the whole thing, as as has now happened right. with Benedict's. 
Oh, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a pastor. It's a pastor letter. I sure. mean, obviously we priests would have to be obedient to it, but a new Holy father could change it overnight. Um, I mean, it's just like the last letter in 2007, Pope Benedict, that, that was sort of like a grenade when it went off. Like people were like, Oh my gosh, they're letting the Latin mass back. And I, I remember people were up in arms about it because they thought that it was going to overturn the church and which it really hasn't. But I, I think a lot of people now had the freedom to actually explore this and to pray, which I thought was beautiful. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's basically, it could be, you know, uh, a pastoral letter could come out, you know, in a new pontificate, you know, 20 years from now and say, yep, man, you guys can do it again. If they felt that it was, um, they wanted to, I mean, like that's, I mean, the Pope can do that. I mean, it's just a, a pastoral uh, uh, approach and to liturgy. I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw this. There was a letter, uh, you know, written uh, six altar service. And this, uh, these six boys, they made them named at a parish that they serve. And they said, this is kind of beautiful. They called, uh, they said the Latin mass is quote, a refuge where the evils of the world and the struggles of life cannot penetrate. We believe it's the closest thing to heaven on earth. And we would love to see it continue. And, yeah. <laughs> like, and they wow. went on to say that if it was, if it yeah. was taken away, it would, it would, it would represent almost the loss of a relative. And these are, these are young yeah. altar servers. These are like little, little yeah. kids. I was Who, like, by the way, oh, serve you know, both, both masses. Yeah. They serve, they yeah. serve both. Yeah. And I just saw it's, I just, I just feel sorry for kids like that, you know, that, you know, they've got, you know, it's so hard to get young people um, interested in church. We talk about, we talked about that at the convocation yesterday, you know, the, the papal nuncio was talking about, well, you know, we just can't get kids back to church and guys, you need to be with the sheep. And I'm like, Oh, you know, like, I mean, I think too, is that we have to, maybe it's just, um, I mean, I pray, I think my, my thought would be this, and I don't know, Father Scott, your thoughts on this. I think if we did a, maybe one or two Novus Orders in Latin, you know, sort of very much with a lot of smells and bells and beautiful music, do you think that would satiate the people that really love the, the traditional Latin master now? Well, I, I think that I think the danger there when you, it's put that way is that it's it's kind of it, almost as if the accoutrements are what the attraction is as opposed to... Right. Uh, these beautiful prayers and and and, and right. development that took place over two thousand years, um, right. and so I, I think certainly you know there a number of people would say oh this is this is so great and 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 it's and it and it has uh, some of those things that really attract me to the traditional Latin mass but certainly those who really know the traditional Latin mass I think it, it it's it's not the same <laughs> you know. In, in that way, and, and I think that's why there's going to be a great sorrow, and is already for those who, who've already uh, really lost the, the privilege of being able to attend or, or offer uh, the traditional Latin right. Mass. And, um, right. But I, I do think uh, the Holy Father even says in his, in his letter, I, I would hope more bishops would, would pay attention, would, would be generous as he was in saying, um, but there are many things in the Novus Ordo, like what you're mentioning there, that we can do, and often don't do, you know, and uh, right. you know, and such as such as such as the use of Latin, such as um, yeah. you know the, the many of the uh, other devotions within the mass and things that are that are allowed and and over so I mean uh, Adorantum, um celebrating the mass Adorantum, these types of things that I think really do are some of the most beautiful things that point so much to the Lord rather than to ourselves alone, right. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the keys too. And we've, we've talked a lot about this in past podcasts, you know, Father Scott and Bill is that, you know, the mass is supposed to, you know, 
allow us to focus more on God and not on self. And I think one of the beautiful things about the traditional at mass is that it's really solely directed towards God. I mean, in some ways there's, it's, it can be rather boring for a person who's sitting in the pew at a, you know, Monday traditional Latin low mass, you know, there's just, you say absolutely nothing in some degree, you know? Uh, but at the same time, I think there's this understanding that the mass is directed. It's, it's a perfect worship of God. And I think maybe, I mean, maybe the Holy spirit is also helping us as priests to maybe with the Novus Ordo, can we make it so that it just really is directed towards God and that this, and help people understand that the mass is this perfect worship. And I don't know. I mean, I think that's one of my arguments is that I think in so many parishes, like, you know, if you, you know, we've had this experience where people come back from a beach vacation and they'll say, Oh, I went to mass down at the outer banks and God, I, I didn't even, couldn't even tell it's Catholic, you know? And, you know, I mean, you know, or they go to whatever, some unnamed beach. The father you know, or, here is not saying that every outer back banks. You, oh, you're not going to pick it on St. Luke's this time. And <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I, you know what I mean? But I, yeah. I, my question is this. Would, it, would we be in this situation if every priest celebrated the mass with reverence and devotion? Or if the mass was celebrated the way it should have been, you know, with a little bit of Latin, reverently, good music, a little bit of Gregorian chant, you know, uh, these types of things, maybe arguably ad orientum, would, would there be such a hunger for this? Because I think I, my argument and I, I, what I've seen with people is the reason they're, they are attracted to this mass. It's like that kid said is in a world that's so confusing today, especially in the last four years, they want one place where it's not confusing, where there's structure and just nothing out of the ordinary, you know, that it is extraordinary, <laughs> excuse the pun, but, you know, that is this extraordinary, extraordinary, you know, event, you know, and I, I, my hope is that every time people go to whatever mass, whether it's a TLM or Nova sort of, that they, they really leave saying I was touched by God, you know, I think that's the bigger picture here, you know, and the, what we should look at. So anyway, Father Scott. Yeah, and, and I, and I, and certainly, I mean, I've talked with a number of brother priests who, who do offer the TLM and they, and if you said okay, well, we need to do even more so in the in the Novus Ordo to make sure that we're seeking to be as close to as close to the document, the liturgy, as we can be, and and to move closer to that, which often doesn't happen, you know, because um, most most haven't read the documents on the liturgy, and, and and they have a lot of assumptions about what the document actually says when it, it was very clearly trying to preserve so many of these beautiful traditions and. And and that sadly right. later on was ignored and has continued to be in many places and and so I think and then it's more incumbent on us to help the people to to know uh, the Novus Ordo and to and to really teach them um, uh, why why it's celebrated the way it is and and uh, and to and to make sure that the way we celebrate it is is truly helping us and them to be drawn more closer to the Lord. Right. Good. All right, well, we pray, you know, we pray for the Holy Father, we pray for all bishops, you know, and that, uh, you know. Uh, it's a tough time to be a bishop. It's a very tough time to be a bishop. Yeah, it is. It is. I also, you know, and I, I just encourage all lay people, especially if you love the Latin Mass, you know, stay stay faithful. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, we're going to find solutions, you know, so that, you know, we, that the Mass becomes a beautiful uh, refuge, regardless. Um, I think that we have to bring it to prayer, too. And who knows? I mean, this could be temporary. I mean, this could last three years and it, it could, could last 50 years. Maybe, maybe there's a change of mind too. I mean, I don't know. There could be, well, or maybe the, yeah, maybe the solution isn't as bad where, 
it turns into this mega parish of a traditional Latin mass people where they really find they'll drive the hour and it's like done all in a really awesome way. And that pastor is going to make tons of money. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Well, um, and, and the trust in the Lord that, that, okay, Lord, you're, you're in your providence. You're allowing this for a reason. I don't understand it. I don't like it, <laughs> but I, right. I can trust that you have something going on and, and, and it's right. always for our true good. And that right. in the midst of this, you're going to still be working out our good. And, and yeah, we have no idea what's to happen in the years to come. But certainly, what are we called to? Our Lady of Fatima calls us to the rosary, calls us to fasting, calls us to uh, to really lift up reparate, prayers of reparation uh, for offenses against our Lord, Sacred right. Heart, the Immaculate of Mary, and, and to pray for, um, you know, always pray for our Holy Father and, and to entrust the church into the, in the hands of the Lord. And, and not to and those become bitter. Yeah. And those advising him. Yes. <laughs> and, and not to become bitter, you know, not to become bitter in the midst of this, not to lose hope and, and certainly not to leave the right. church, but and instead right. to become more faithful to the Lord and, and, and more right. prayerful and, and more holy. And uh, I, I right. often listen to Father, Father Z, and he's just always like, become holy, become saints. This is when we need saints. Right. Right. And I'd say talk, you know, I mean, people talk to your pastors about ways of maybe there's ways of, you know, just, uh, that you may, there could be another high mass. We bring that back, you know, in the Novus Ordo, like really one mass. It's just tons of servers, lots of incense. I mean, it could be, I can envision it could actually be super beautiful, you know, with a really, you know, a beautiful choir and things like this. I mean, um, I don't know. I definitely think God is like, like Father Scott, you're saying is that, He'll make you know good out of this and that you know something beautiful will happen but i do think that we and the, the lady and the priests have to get together um to encourage you know a great love for the eucharist and the holy mass so anyway father scott a blessing and the father and the son and the holy spirit amen heavenly father we thank you for this time and your presence we ask your continued blessing on us and all who will uh, listen to this podcast and for uh, all those especially who are going to be affected in the coming days, uh, that they may be given an abundance of faith, hope, and love. They may continue to especially bless our Holy Father, bless our bishops, our priests, our deacons, our religious, and uh, all the laity of the church, uh, that we might truly be transformed through our encounter with you in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And this I pray, Nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen.